This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy. My guest today is the lovely Molly Mahoney, a digital strategist uh, who specializes in creating authentic video content and leveraging Messenger Bot to skyrocket sales. After her video reached 1 million organically, that's without ads, organically, she developed her signature Go Live and Monetize, also known as the GLAM method. She's been featured in Inc. Magazine and she's been seen speaking at Social Media Marketing World Really, really an amazing person, such a kind human being and a talented entrepreneur. Uh, check it out. It's a great pleasure to welcome one of the kindest humans, amazing entrepreneur and my friend, Molly. Molly, welcome. Hey, I'm so looking forward to this. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> thanks thanks for doing this. I, I'm impressed by you and, and what you've been able to do. And you and I have talked a little bit offline and we're starting to develop this friendship. Um, but let's talk for the listeners who don't know about your background. How did you become the famous Molly, uh, the marketing genius that we all see today? Well, it all started with a production of Peter Pan when I was eight years old. <laughs> so, um, really, though, uh, I don't know about the word famous, but I definitely am super grateful for what we have built with our company, The Prepared Performer. And I started as a musical theater performer professionally. And while my husband and I were on tour with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the, the musical, normal, my husband's a bass player, we decided that we didn't want to be in New York. We wanted to be able to have, you know, raise a family. And so we moved out to California. And and left our careers out of New York City to launch a whole new life out here in California. And at that point, I started coaching other performers to be able to build a career like I had done out in New York. And uh, from there, in 2016, when Facebook Live came out, I actually switched everything. And instead of teaching performers how to have a business, I started teaching business owners how to perform. And that's when we launched our camera confidence program. And that camera confidence program turned into really this whole new version of our business. So now we have a program called GLAM, which stands for Go Live and Monetize and other private consulting and little mini things here and there about content repurposing and sales and really just how you can create more human connections by creating content that allows you to actually develop those relationships. Uh, let's talk about GLAM for a second, because I know it's, it's one of your most popular programs. Um, you know, what are people who go through that program? What do they leave uh, accomplished, accomplishing? Yeah, so we have four pillars that we focus on with our clients, which are revenue. So they increase their revenue. And our goal is that you'll, you know, better your best month and then keep doing it again and again. But we recognize that it's more than just sales. So revenue, visibility, that visibility can help to lead to relationships, lead to more sales, all that types of stuff. And then we focus on systems because let me tell you, and I'm sure you know, that once you start to actually build things and your visibility grows and you have more clients coming in, it can become this disaster on the back end. So we help them to have systems in place so that they can really continue to live their life while also building their business. And then the final thing is impact. So it, for me, I don't ever want to help anybody to build their business just so that they can collect credit cards. I really know that our clients are actually out there looking to make that bigger impact and helping them to see how they can do that and put those things into place. I love it. So, uh, but I got to ask the obvious question. Okay. Easy for Molly to do and go live and make money because she's an actual performer. I'm just, a, not me, but I'm the listener. I'm just a shy, introverted business person. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen the movie Kung Fu Panda 3? I, I don't even think I've seen one and two. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, Kung Fu Panda, they're so good. All of them are so good. But Kung Fu Panda 3 addresses this concern perfectly, which let me just tell you this little story. So um, Poe, who is the dragon warrior, he is a panda who is also a ninja. He's trying to teach all the other pandas how to become ninjas. And if you know pandas, you know that they like to just like roll around and have fun, right? So he's trying to teach them how to do all these crazy things that they just don't want to do. So finally, at one point, one of the pandas just really leans into their best self and starts rolling down the hill, kind of having a good time and takes out a bunch of other animals at the bottom of the hill. And Poe has this moment where he goes and the, the camera, you know, like it's a cartoon, but the camera zooms in on his face and he says, I don't need to teach you to be more like me. I need to teach you to be more like you. And really that's what we're actually doing with our programs is we're helping people to realize if you try to be like me on camera, first of all, you're going to like live a great, it's not, you're not going to be happy because you're going to get to your client calls once you start bringing in clients and you're going to have to pretend to be somebody else. So that's like reason number one, you just won't be happy. Reason number two is it's inauthentic. It's not what your community actually wants. So when people see my videos and they're like, oh, she's a performer. I, sometimes I think they forget that I actually turn a lot of people off with how I am as a natural human because who I am is very much um, more over the top than a lot of people where a lot of people can't handle it. So recognize your natural energy and your expertise just by using some of the strategies that we have and frameworks that we have. You can elevate your own natural self just a little bit and then use some of the tools that I've pulled from working as a professional performer, but it's never really about putting on a performance. It's about being more you and then really letting your community know that you see them. Well, let's say you, you nailed something super important. Congruency matters, right? And in, in, in everything you do. So you could, that's why you have all these keyboard warriors that put out stuff on, on social media, but then when you meet them in real life, they're, they're not really the same. And that's yeah. often sometimes where people lose sales, right? They'll act all confident and then they get on the call and they're a completely different person than in their social media. Yeah. So how do you become that you, right? But the performer of you, right? Because like, sometimes like, you know, I, I still believe that you have to be authentic and you have to be you. And I, that's a, th a word that gets thrown around a lot because people polish like their authentic authenticity. Yeah, authenticity, totally. Um, so how do you become authentically you, but still remaining, I guess, attractive towards your, towards your market base? Yeah. Okay. So this is something that actually, when I was coaching performers, it came up all the time. And even people who had really successful careers would go to an audition or I'd be helping them prep for an audition. Like people with Broadway credits, I'd help them to prep for an audition when I was working as a coach and they'd be the same amount of nerves or even more sometimes than like a, a little kid who had no credits at all. Right. And so I developed this exercise called the quesadilla of awesome. Have you heard of this? No. <laughs> okay. Will you do it with me? I'm, I'm in. Let's do okay. it. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your hands like this. And if you're listening to this and you can't actually see what we're doing, we're holding our hands in like a, a ball as if we have a ball in between our fingertips. So all of the benefits that you offer in your digital marketing agency and your coaching business and your, I don't care if you have a dance studio, whatever it is, put all of those benefits inside this ball. You got yours in there? Got it. Okay. Now you're going to take that and you're going to throw it up into the air like this. Whoosh. Whoosh. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Now all of our benefits from our business 
our businesses, they're all floating above us like Mikey TV and Willy Wonka, right? So it's all floating above us. And what are you left with? Nothing. Ah, you're left with you, which is actually everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're left with you. I failed. <laughs> no, that was the good, that was the choice I always hope people will say, but it's actually, cause it's, it's more dramatic. Thank you for playing into my dramatic <laughs> my uh, storytelling. No problem. I, I knew the right answer. I just had to play into it to let you look good on this podcast. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Michael Stelzner, when I asked him that question, he said salsa, because we had talked about the quesadilla of awesome, <laughs> but, but no, yeah. So you're left with you, which is both the most amazing, the most awesome and the most terrifying thing. So we have to actually figure out what is it that makes you awesome? What is it that makes you, you? And so I developed this exercise called the quesadilla of awesome, which is uh, you're going to make a list of 20 things that make you a uniquely awesome human being. And for a lot of people, they get stuck and they, they can't get past like maybe three or four things. So there's an acronym. It's the word save, which has five letters. You may think it has four, but I can't spell, so I spell wrong on purpose, like out loud, <laughs> so it. that you get over it. So it's S-A-A-V-E. And you wanna fill out a whole list of all these 20 things covering these different categories. The categories are your skill sets, the things that you're naturally gifted at, your appearance. And that's important because if you're gonna be on camera or you're showing up, even if it's on a Zoom call, like a sales call, you're looking back at your own self. And so if you don't find things about your appearance that you love, your little gremlins are going to take you, you know, take you down. So it's not about what other people think about your appearance. It's about what you think about it. Um, and then your activities. So knitting, crocheting, hiking, skiing. What are all those little guys behind you on the shelf? Those are uh, little action figures from action my childhood. Figures. Yeah, exactly. So like the action figures that you play with in your childhood, that's like an awesome example of your quesadilla of awesome being in your background of your video right there, which is great. So that's your activities your values. And like the fact that you said you use the word kind is like, makes me so happy when you were introducing me because kindness is one of our number one, most important values. Um, so we're clear about our values and that helps you to attract the people that you really want to be working with. And then the E stands for things you like to eat, <laughs> <laughs> which may seem kind of weird, but I'm going to give you an example. I have this little thing here. So if you, this is a really, really good um, trick for boosting the engagement on your personal profile. So you write the words, Brussels sprouts, yes or no, question mark. <laughs> People go cuckoo, like crazy. I, so if you, I don't know if you've done this Brussels sprouts test, but if you do it, I swear to you, you're going to get so many comments. You're not going to know what to do with it. Your team's going to go crazy. Have to having to follow up with all these Brussels sprouts. And because of this, I've had four people send me in the mail because this works so well, they've sent me this dish towel that says every <laughs> day amazing. I'm Brooklyn. <laughs> That's amazing. So when you take that list of those things that make up your quesadilla of awesome, you've got your list there, then you're going to take your fingers like this and you're just going to tap it on your chest. You can do it with me like this on your chest. And you just like read the list and you let you like be more you. And before I do anything before, um, you know, I, I, we do warm-ups and like a breathing thing. And a, there's, we have a whole vocal warm-up before you go on camera. Before any of that, you want to tap into who you are so that when you click that button, you're really bringing more of you into the camera. I love all that. Um, I'm curious though, from all your time performing and now 
being an entrepreneur and businesswoman, what are some of the similarities or some of the, I mean, how has being a performer prepared you for the, for the business world? Okay. Like the number one thing that comes to mind is auditioning. Do you know much about auditioning? So a secret story is, I don't think I've ever shared this. So this is like first time public is that uh, I wanted to be an actor uh, when I was in school and, um, and I signed up for acting classes. Uh, and I, I don't even think most of my family, I, my mom for sure is, knows this story. Uh, and I signed up for acting classes because I had a friend who was a friend of the family who was a talent manager. And he's like, look, go to this acting school. It's a well-known school in your area. At the end, you do a, you do a monologue and we have top agents who come and they watch and managers and they, and they watch. And I said, okay, cool. I went in uh, and it was like improv. So the first time I remember the first time there, it was like act out an embarrassing moment that you've had without, without saying any words. And I remember it was like so hard for me and I've learned, like it gave me confidence, allowed me, I absolutely loved it, loved it, got cast for a music video, um, for an Our Lady Peace music video. And, um, and I needed, uh, I had an exam that day and I needed an out and my, I was a horrible student. And so I had to tell my parents that I was doing it. So I told my mom and she, she refused to write a note to let me miss the exam and get out of the exam. And I didn't do it. And I was so embarrassed and I never showed up to the acting class again. And I just, I walked away. They called me, never showed up. I had a monologue from Tennessee Williams and I never uh, showed up. I never showed up. And that was the end of my acting dream. Man. Well, I got so, you. Yeah. So now I understand the auditions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and now you're here like doing videos, right? So you're finally <laughs> exactly. living a career. You can yes, tell your mom. Yes. Like, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So this you is know- it, mom. This is, this is what you got. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that feeling of, and, and, when you are really out there, like doing fully committed to being a professional actor, you have to go to so many auditions. And in New York, you actually, and some things have changed over the years, but when I was there, you had to actually wait outside sometimes at like 6.30 in the morning in this huge line of people before you could even get into the building. And, you know, in LA, like at least you can be in your car. In New York, sometimes it's like in the snow or the rain, right? So it is like full commitment. Once you actually get in and you get the chance to be able to audition, you get no feedback. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, great. Well, you know, our, our people will call your people or whatever, right? You like do your, you pour your heart out, <laughs> you leave, and then you have to just go into this waiting period. And so it, it forces you to develop a really, um, I, I was going to say a thick skin, but it's, it's more of like, it forces you to develop faith and um, drive that I think a lot of people miss as an entrepreneur because they, they allow themselves to just kind of give up on things that they don't see an instant result. I love that. And I guess it's also, you now need to sell yourself to clients, right? So the same oh way gosh. you have to sell yourself to other people, it probably helped you with pitching yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in so many, so many ways. And I, I think there's like lots of little nuancey type things also, but um, that that initial drive is like probably the, the biggest, but then there's all different things from technique wise and relationship building and networking and, and um, just staying committed and, and cr- empathy, empathy. Like when working on copy and how to connect with your ideal client, sometimes my clients will be like, oh my gosh, I don't understand how you, how you, you know, come up with this content so fast, but it's really putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's almost like you're putting on a character that you would be doing 
in a, in a pro in a course, I was going to say in a program, like in a class, I said, course, that's not even what I meant to say. I meant in a show, like in a, in a show in a performance, it's very similar when you're writing ad copy or email copy, even. I'm wondering if also there's that similarity of the fact that when in our, at least in our line of work, let's talk the the digital marketing space for a second uh, or the marketing industry. There's so many people doing it that sometimes you could feel as if like you're a bit lost, but the same way when you're auditioning, you're sitting in a room with like hundreds of people who want the same part as you as well. So you're like, you have to go over the same odds of like, why are they going to hire me? There's a million different ad agencies out there. There's a million different uh, like whatever service you're in, you can say that about anything, same way from auditioning, you know, why would they hire me? There's I'm sitting next to this person. She's, she was the lead in that play. And now, it's, now she's here. Right. So you still have to get over that type of insecurity and, and develop that confidence. Well, and that's where I, I think it goes back to that case of awesome thing, because it's like, we can get into a place where we're trying to be something that somebody else wants us to be, but we're, we'll never know what they actually want us to be. So you might as well just be yourself and hope that that's the thing that matches up for like what they actually need. Right. A cleaned up version of yourself, right? Like if you're like, <laughs> like still clean yourself up a little I bit. Mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're be- yeah. wear like you care. I like to say, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't always wear hoodies on my, on my videos, but I like put this one on cause I was cold and I was glad you had a hoodie on with me. So oh, no problem in our hoodies together. <laughs> I, I knew you were wearing a hoodie and I, I was actually wearing a suit, but I wanted to make you feel comfortable. So I actually got dressed down for, for to make you comfortable. It's all about, it's all about the guests. I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm also wearing like an actual dress and sweatpants underneath my dress right now, <laughs> which is like the weirdest combination ever, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, do, doing this podcast and doing more videos, I've had to develop a thick skin of seeing myself on camera. And you talked about that, right? And you, one of the things, and I started to slowly understand that no one cares, right? Like they're not watching this podcast to stare at me and, and wonder what I look like and what, what I'm wearing. They, they care about the guests or the content I'm saying. How true is it that the insecurities you see about yourself, right? Uh, most people don't even realize you see way more of your own insecurities than other people will pick up on. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think we see way more of our own for sure. Like to be totally clear, I don't know what is on my shoulder right here, but as soon as we started, I noticed this thing was on my shoulder and I, I don't, you'll be able to go back and watch now that I went and like tried to pull it off, but I think it's like hair dye or something. Cause like I dyed my hair blue and I, but no one else probably even noticed it until I saw it. And then if I let that spiral me into some sort of thing where I'm like, cover up the weird thing on your shoulder, that's going to be way more distracting than if I just stay focused on my intention here in the conversation. So it's, it's also similar to when you're on stage, if a prop like falls on the ground and you spend all this time trying to deal with it, as opposed to just staying in the moment, like where your attention goes, other people will follow. <laughs> so, um, so I'd agree. It's much more in our head. I, I will say also though, there are times where you'll get like a comment from somebody like I get, it's actually weird to me that this happens because this isn't something that I was really insecure about until people started commenting about it. But I've had, I mean, out of, you know, we've, our videos have reached millions of people probably millions of comments, thousands and thousands of comments, hundreds of thousands of comments over the years of us doing this. And there's like three comments I could think of out of all of those that have been around this one central thing that um, messes with me sometimes. But if you look at the numbers of it, it's like ridiculous to think of all the positive comments compared to these three negative comments. So I've had people 
comment about my lisp, which is not even something that I, I mean, as a vocal coach, obviously I'm very aware of how we speak, but I've had dentures since I was 12 years old, which most people don't know. And I'm not like talking about it. I mean, I used to be able to take them out on a retainer. Like I don't have teeth. <laughs> so the fact that I'm able to do what I'm doing with all of the oral surgery that I've had over the years, um, it's something that most people wouldn't be aware of. And so when they comment, like someone recently said, this annoying human with, it was like the craziest thing. This annoying human is going to be hidden today. I'm tired of your content. Your lisp, your lisp is annoying or something like that. I don't know. It was crazy. I think there was some compliment in there also. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but what we do with those comments is we spin these stories where anytime I say the letter S now I'm like, well, hyper aware of it. Right. But I can't let that overtake the hundreds of thousands of positive impacts we've made on the world. So, um, well, you, you've, yeah. you yourself, and then you've helped hundreds of people, uh, you know, you know, do a great job, uh, monetizing through video. And we'll talk about that in a second, because I do want to get tactical, but I'm just curious, do you think the scrutiny is a lot worse for females than it is for males? Ooh. I don't know because I, so I used to think that the confidence piece was harder for females than it was for males. Like about, at least when it comes to like what you look like on camera. But one of my very first private clients was actually a, a awesome man who had an agency that was doing, they were doing very well in their agency. And I was, I remember being surprised when he was like, I just don't like the way that I look on camera. Cause to me, there was like nothing that could, he could have not liked about how he looked on camera. And it was a big wake up call for me um, to realize it's something that is a human thing that happens. No, but not, not self-scrutiny, scrutiny. From, yeah. from, like... I, I know it. So I was just like clarifying that yeah. piece though first, but then when it comes to scrutiny from others, I wonder sometimes maybe if people are more likely to comment about the way, you know, no, I think you're right. I was going to say at first, like, I think maybe people might be more likely to comment because they think a guy has like tougher skin than, uh, than a woman might. But I think there are more, um, this is going to sound weird, but this is what's coming to mind. I think there's more varied versions of how women show up on camera, unless we go into like drag, which I have some awesome friends who are do live videos and drag and they are amazing. But, um, I think when you look at like, um, the, the different, very varying of like, there's some women who show up wear no makeup at all. Um, there's some women who show up and wear way, wear much more makeup and have like crazy colored hair. There's just, a, I think there's more of a variation between the way that women show up on camera compared to how, um, men show up on camera. Maybe that's not true. Or, or, my- or do you feel like it's the, the variations that they feel they need to show up on camera? Like more women feel they need to, to polish up versus men who are, you know, I mean, a man gets ready in five minutes. My wife gets yeah. ready in whatever amount of time. Right. Yeah. So. I think it's definitely something that is, um, in inter- like, that's more of an internal thing again. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm surprised on clubhouse, how many people say like, oh my gosh, I'm just so glad I don't have to put makeup on. I don't have to do all these different things where I actually do videos without makeup on a lot, like in my bathroom with wet hair, or even like, as I, I got a new camera and I've been playing with it, I've been showing up here with wet hair, no makeup on and like doing my makeup on camera. But I know there are a lot of people 
who definitely aren't comfortable with that. And I think the age thing also, like, um, it seems across society that it's more acceptable for a a man to be salt and pepper or whatever, you know? Um, And, and it seems like, you know, it's distinguished. (laughs) Whereas for me, like I have a few friends who are just like few women friends who are solid gray and I'm obsessed and they're like so gorgeous. But I think across society, it's something that um, we could be doing better at. (laughs) I don't know. Let's shift gears. I, I want to get tactical for, for, for the audience a little bit on how they could begin to start cashing in and generating uh, revenue or leads or clients through the, through the power of video. What are some of your tips for that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with the social triangle. There's so much I could share that I went like a couple different directions. The social triangle is before you even do any of your videos, you want to be aware of this concept that I call the social triangle. Here's what it is. In order for you to actually show up in the newsfeed of your ideal clients, there are three things that you have to have in place. The first is you have to actually show up. Like you have to put content out. You have to actually be there as a human. I believe that, um, you know, it's fine to pre-schedule all your content and hire somebody to do that. But at some point you have to actually, someone from your team has to actually show up as a human as well. So you have to actually be there. The second thing is your client has to actually be on the platform. So if, and I don't mean they like they have an account, but they need to actually log into the platform. And when they do, you need to connect with them by either commenting on their stuff, replying back to the comments they leave on your stuff, liking or engaging with their, their profile or their page to tell the algorithm that you're connected. If you don't do that, unless, and, and I'm talking about organic reach, it's gonna be really hard for you to show up organically. The third piece is the platform. So you have to make sure that you're actually feeding the platform, whether it's Facebook or a networking event. If you show up at a networking event and you're like, hey, Jason, I heard the bar has a special, let's go there. The person in charge of the networking event is gonna be super annoyed because you just took everybody off the platform. On Facebook, they would prefer, or any digital platform, they would prefer that you post content that is native to that platform rather than posting a YouTube video on Facebook, for example, which is gonna send people off the platform. When you send people off the platform, it breaks the social triangle. So when you have those things together, you increase the engagement, you increase the time people spend on the platform, the platform will actually give you a reward in that they'll show your stuff more frequently to the right people. And so when you have those three things in, pay, three things in place, that actually um, allows it so that your content is more likely to show up in front of the people that you want to actually be seen by. So I want to make sure that you have the social triangle in place before you start doing any videos, um, before you think about any of it else, think about that social triangle. Got it. And then in, in terms of content, yeah, right? What's the proper balance in your mind between, um, you know, value and then sales or being too salesy, not enough value. What, how do you, how do you guide your, your clients on this? Yeah. So we have a little framework. It's called the shape framework and it covers different things between um, what we call star posts. So I'll give you the whole little framework. Star posts are posts that are really establishing you as the authority, you as the expert, you know, that can be tips that you're sharing where it's establishing you as the person that they need or the company they need to be following when it comes to the type of content that you're putting out there, the services that you provide. The H is for human stuff. 
<laughs> so like actually showing up as a human being and posting about Brussels sprouts or whatever it is that you're posting. Um, it can be a sunset. It doesn't have to be anything that's really crafted. It's really just human stuff. And once you start to realize what people are connecting with, then you can create more of that specific human stuff. Like my sister, for example, she's a rock star at Instagram. Mary Pendleton is her name. And she posts about coffee creamer, not about coffee, but coffee creamer. And it's become this very specific thing that she talks about. So that's the human stuff. The A is for your action post. And so my action posts are like a Facebook live, or if you're focused on YouTube, like a, you know, your weekly YouTube video that comes out. If you're more of a blog post type person, it's that, that post or content. That's really like a big monumental piece of content. We like to see one of those a week. And then um, the P is for your promotional stuff. So if you look at that S-H-A-P-E, that's one fifth of your content is promotional. Back to that, the question that you asked. And that's going to be straight to an offer, straight to a, a lead magnet or something with a call to action that's moving them to the next step. And then the e-post, those, the e-post is for engagement. And so it's things specifically to drive more engagement. And that can be like what we call ladder posts which are posts where you're asking people to comment to get access to something um, or like fun memes that are getting more engagement. And that, if you can divide up your content between those categories, um, it gives you a really robust, you know, uh, library of content that you're putting out. And then within those categories, you want to make sure that you're thinking of two things. One is that you're speaking to the objections that they would have to buying from you. And then the other is we have this concept of a tree of beliefs and the tree of beliefs is knowing some people, when they come to you, they're just a little seed, right? There's a bunch of things they need to learn about you, about the product, about themselves and about the state of the world that we're in, in order to say yes to purchasing from you. And so your content can help them to grow up that tree to get to the point where they say yes. I love that. So we got the output, right? So we know what we need to do. Where does crafting your offer fall into things? Like so many people have something valuable to share, um, but they either don't know how to craft their offer. They don't know how to share it to the world. What advice do you have on crafting the perfect pitch? Especially, I know you're a big promoter of live, uh, doing live videos where no one could, where no one could edit. Yeah. So we, when it comes to the offer, we have a, and this is something that we could talk about forever. So I'll, I'll share this framework that we have, which is you, there's a couple of different ways that, to put an offer out there. So we do three value videos a month. And then the fourth one is a webinar or masterclass or something where you make an actual offer on that, that fourth week so that there's a cadence to it. And all of those are done on Facebook live. Um, but what can happen in between there is you can also do what we call a mumble, <laughs> And a mumble is like in the middle of your value video, um, you, you say, you know, actually, and this is something that we really, we cover in our glam program. So if you're interested in joining us in glam, just give me the word call below and I'll reach out to you later. So it's like a super easy offer that doesn't take a lot of buildup like a webinar would do where there's more of a crafting of the whole thing and a value stack and all of that. It's just a really easy, subtle call to action. Um, and then the third type of offer that we do with live videos is my favorite. Oh, and it is, um, it's called sell it first. So we have a whole program called sell it first. And I've done this so many times where someone will say in the comments, like, oh, this is so good. And, you know, I'd pay for this happened once at social media marketing world. I was doing a training 
I needed to end it because I had to go back to the event. And somebody said, I would pay for, for our training on this. And I said, you would? And then somebody else was like, yeah, me too. And then I was like, okay, do you want to do it? How much would you pay? <laughs> and people commented in the chat. I used a paypal.me link. I shared the paypal.me link in the chat. We made $3,000 on that oh, video. Oh. And it was a $27 offer. It was like crazy. crazy. So it's, it's when you're listening and paying attention to what people need. If you know that you can offer that in a training or, um, you know, and maybe there's some sort of template or framework that you have for it, you don't actually need to have it created before you sell it. Love that. Let them pay and then build it after. Love that. I mean, but when it comes to lives, what should people be talking about? Because I think the biggest thing people will come up with is not only what do I talk about on a live, because otherwise I don't want to read off a script the whole time. I want to go live. And what if no one shows up? Did you know it can even be better if no one shows up? Did you know that? <laughs> if you have free, like a, freer, probably. Well, if you have a, a, a proper framework in place and you trust that you're building a library of content, then the replay, you can turn it into an ad. You can share it as a watch party. You can do all this stuff with it. Sometimes when you're first getting started, if you get a lot of people there live, you're like, Oh my gosh. And uh, your comments and your comments. And then you, it's like, makes it really hard to repurpose. So first I would say, if you don't have a lot of people showing up, trust that if you follow the system, I'm about to explain, they will start to show up. So we have a system called the map, the map to millions, which includes three different pieces. It's the A P R, which is announcing that the video is happening. So you're going to tell people that it's happening. And I I'm doing this because I have like a infographic where it shows everything on the left-hand side. I'm imagining the infographic in your life. <laughs> um, so you're going to tell people it's happening. So that's with an email, with a SMS. If you have a text message list, you're going to do a Facebook event. You're going to do a post about it on Instagram. You're going to do a post with a comment growth tool. So we use messenger bots where people comment below a post in order to get access to a reminder about the video that's coming up. So you do all these things to announce the video. A lot of people don't announce that they're going live and then they get mad that the algorithm didn't just tell everybody. You have to give them a chance to be able to know that the video is happening. Then the P is that you pretend that they're there even though even if they're not. And we call it a Mr. Rogers style conversation. Hmm. So Mr. Rogers didn't say, hey, everybody in the neighborhood. Ever my Alexa or portal just went off. I don't know what I just did, but it's talking back to me. That was weird. Okay. I think Mr. Rogers might get triggered somehow by my portal, but he didn't say, Hey, did I, I don't know what just happened. Okay. He said, Hey neighbor, right. He didn't say, Hey, everybody in the neighborhood. So you start by speaking to one person and you don't say, I'm going to wait for everybody to get here. Right. You just jump right into connecting with them and say, you know, are you looking for ways to drink more water? I know it's hard to remember to drink water, but I found some really great tips that are going to help you to be able to drink more water, whatever it is, right? You tap into the problem, let them know you have a solution coming, ask for engagement, um, you know, to shares, that kind of stuff. Ask them to comment for some sort of show notes, things like that. So you're getting those interactions in the very beginning then introduce yourself. So the introduction of yourself is like five steps in, and then there's a whole plan for how to actually deliver the content so that it's bullet pointed so that you can powerfully repurpose it after the fact. And that's the R, which is the repurpose. So announce, pretend, repurpose.
Love it. Um, in general, social media and what you do um, and sales in general, I guess, come down to connections, yeah. right? Something I know you're a big fan of uh, and something you quite frankly, I've been able to do such a good job of on building your network. Like I've seen you on Clubhouse. I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen you on many chat at, at conferences. Um, and you've been able to be a good person uh, in a real sketchy industry slash space. I, look, I could say it because I'm in this space too. So I get to make these jokes and I get to, I get to call out the sketchiness of it, but how have you been able to do such a great job building that network? So I, I, I keep going back to this term that my friend Owen Hemsmath, Owen video said recently, which is instead of the algorithm, it's the humanism, <laughs> which with my whole lisp story and all of that, like it's very, um, I think it's true though. I think it's funny. And I also think it's true that I have really aimed to lean into those val that value piece as much as I can. And it can be difficult with setting boundaries because if you really aim to make like a true connection with more and more people, eventually you won't have time, right? You've got to have your own life and your own self-care and your own family and your clients and all that. But that being said, I've really um, done my best to fine tune my own quesadilla of awesome and, and really see the people that I'm connecting with. So I remember, I do my best to remember names. I do my best to remember, you know, to, to, to value people for the fact that they're showing up. I think a lot of people in our space, if someone doesn't buy something from them or doesn't buy like the next thing from them, they write them off and they kind of treat them like crap actually. But for me, it's more important that I let you know that I, I see you and I value you as a human than it is for you to buy something from me. I think that's amazing. I, I think more people should be like that. Um, another thing that you've been on the forefront of, and I think the future right now, um, is in community building. Uh, I think 2021, um, is, is how big of a community can you build? Uh, I think that's, that's where we're moving towards, especially with everything that's happening across paid social and all this tracking issues and everything that's going on. It comes down to community and quite frankly, why the rise of clubhouse really happened. Uh, one of the reasons, obviously. What advice do you have on building a community? Because you've done a great job at it. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for our community as well. And so it just like that word, first of all, is super important to me. So I do my best not to say the word audience. And when it comes to video, a lot of people will say, oh, talk to your audience like this. And I do my best to say community instead of audience. I do my best instead of saying my list to say my email community, that there's always um, even if you're looking to grow a bigger community, there's always human beings there that make up this community. And so finding ways that you can create glue to bring the community closer together is super important. So it's using fun, um, maybe they're not fun for everybody, but fun for me anyway, fun words that are different or unique and listening to the words that are coming from your comments from the community themselves and allowing that to have a voice. So if someone, um, like, yeah, it, it, there's all kinds of weird things that have happened because of comments in our community and then allowing that to weave its way into the rest of what we're doing. Even when it came to naming the people in our community, I did a whole contest around what the name would actually be. 
and all kinds of things came up where I, I was kind of uncomfortable about it um, because I didn't want my name to be like a part of it. But they voted and they decided on the mall stars, like, hey, now you're a mall star. <laughs> right. So we had this whole thing around the mall stars. And um, at one point we had a membership that was the mall stars marketing membership. It's, it's finding things that they can use as their own flag, really not making it about you as the, as the quote unquote leader of the community, but really making it about them because they are the true leader of the situation. Great. I'll wrap up with, with this question. Cause I think, I think it's an important one. How, um, how important is, is a personal brand is, is building a brand is having a virtual stage uh, to achieving success these days. I think it's really important, (laughs) especially with everything we've gone through over the past year, people are craving human connections more than anything. And if there is a human on the other side of whatever the product that they're, or the service that they're purchasing is, there's a, there's an empathetic thing. Like I know, I think about this a lot and I noticed even if you're going to the grocery store and you're buying eggs. There's some eggs that are in like the styrofoam, whatever store, nameless brand kind of container. But then there's some that have like the family on the front of it, right? And I would just notice yourself when you're out buying things, when you're making purchasing decisions. And if you're getting an ad that's from, um, you know, there's, there's some brands that stand alone that don't have a specific face behind it. Like the clothing company Anthropology, for example. I love Anthropology. I can't think of a human that's behind Anthropology that I'm personally connected to. Um, but for the most part, if I'm going to buy clothes from someone else, it's going to, that's not like a big store name like that. It's going to be from someone that I see showing up and letting me know that, that they get me, right? And I know that I can see myself in their, in their shoes, so I think it's really important. So how do you put that, that human element to, to, let's say, a clothing brand, right? It's very easy. You, you're Molly. You, yeah. you, have your, you have your program for you to go out and, and, and sit there and say, hi, I'm the face of it. But if you are anthropology, how do you build that, that connection? So uh, there's ways that you can have, if there is a person who's in, who is the CEO or who is like the, the leader, the founder of the company, you can have them do content um, for you, create videos, be in your stories, that type of thing. Um, there's also ways that you can empower the members of your team to show up and do that. So I think about my cousin worked for a, a clothing store up in Canada, and she was the person on the team who did the videos who was there on their Instagram showing the pieces behind the scenes. I have another client who has a store called Becca Rose mystic in mystic Connecticut. And she does some of the videos, but she also really empowers her team to be there and have their moments where they show up. I'm even thinking about a dentist office that we had as a client for a year and they were so awesome. And when we would post things of their team, like the hygienists, that's when they would get the most, you know, engagement because people cared about the person on the other side. That woman from Walmart, do you know? Oh my gosh, I will find it and I'll send it to you so you can include it like in show notes. But there's this woman who works at Walmart who has become like a crazy superstar because she on their Walmart page, I don't even know which state it's in, but there's these super funny videos of her like in her Walmart. I mean, there's videos and photos, but her in her Walmart uniform, 
like posing with grumpy cat. I think that's like how it started. Cause she kind of looked like grumpy cat in the photo, but then from there they've done all of these funny things and it's like blown up that Walmart Facebook page, which is not something that would usually have such a, an, an emphatic reaction to. So I think it's, yeah, really- I, th- I think brands need to embrace that right a lot more like too many of them are too rigid too stuck in their ways being like no 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 we can't have any of that that's not what we stand for yeah but maybe there's a way that you could have micro influencers who are creating content on behalf of your brand on their channels i agree yeah molly thank you so much for doing this for the people who want to reach out they want to learn more they love what you have to say how can they find you Oh my gosh. Okay. So I need to ask you a question, which I should have asked you earlier. Did I give you a specific link to share here earlier? No, no, but whatever you, whatever you give me, I'll, I'll share in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. So let's do, I'm just going to check it right now to make sure that it works. Ready? Yes. Let's do molly.live. So molly, M-O-L-L-Y dot live slash Jason. And that will actually get you our video content planner, which will give you all sorts of goodness. It's a, there's a spreadsheet in there, all kinds of stuff to be able to create a plan for your videos before you actually go live. Love it. Thank you so much, Molly. Appreciate that gift to the audience. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, you know what I always forget to mention, which I would love to say also is that I do have a podcast. (laughs) I always, when I'm doing podcasts, that's like when I should talk about it. So we also have a podcast. Yes, go plug, plug away. (laughs) Thank you. Which is called the go live and monetize podcast. So glam go live and monetize. And there's a briefing version of it and a full version of it. And I always forget to tell people it's there because I'm so focused on going live, but we'll put it in the show. We'll, we'll link to your podcast in the show notes too. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks Molly. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for paying attention and tuning into that episode. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor, go leave a five-star review, leave a review, leave some comments, share it with some friends, spread the love. It would mean the world to me. Uh, Thank you so much for your attention and for tuning in, and I will see you on the next episode.